It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. So there were a, a few different opportunities there to make some money. We'll get into that in a little bit. That was, I, I tell you. There were some close ones that were nearly hit. The Cowboys' ineptitude with timeouts remains one of the great feats in sports. It really does. They are just – that game lived up to every expectation I could have possibly had of it. Let's just yeah. put it like that. I That game, very rare can you walk into a game and say to yourself, I think exactly this is going to happen, and then exactly that happens. And we knew it. It was going to be McCarthy versus Staley. Who could make fewer mistakes? McCarthy made fewer mistakes. Congratulations, Dallas. You won the game. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can hit us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Joseph Pat McAfee had on Aaron Rodgers, as he did, as he does every, each and every Tuesday, just a little while ago. And Aaron is speaking about his recovery, and here he is with his response as to why uh, he is so ahead of schedule. There's obviously the surgery that uh, Dr. Elitrox did. There's the rehab that I've done uh, and kind of the round-the-clock approach that I've had. There's implementing the diet um, that I've been doing as well. And then just the power of uh, the power of the mind and the power of the manifestation of the of the desires, um, all those things together, still doesn't get you back on the field. You have to hit a bunch of bunch of different things and and be feeling a certain way. Uh, but you know that's that's the goal. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to put a timetable on it specifically. That makes absolutely no sense. Anybody that does doesn't realize that there's a lot of things that have to happen to get to that point. But it's going to have to be jogging and then explosive moments and then practicing and then. Uh, Everybody's signing off on it, and you know, hopefully, we get to to have that, those conversations. He also went on to say a couple of other things, including how anything that he says and does is going to attract attention, and he's okay with that. But basically, anybody who wants to, as you kind of heard right there, if you're wondering about when he's going to come back and all that stuff, just slow down a little bit. Just slow down, Joe. I get hit with this a lot. Carlin, you just hate Aaron Rodgers, right? No, what I can't stand is phony. Phony always gets me worked up. And anybody that tells you that Aaron Rodgers isn't a phony, isn't paying attention, or doesn't want to see it. Aaron Rodgers is a complete phony. And why do I say that? Well, he just admitted that everything he does or says is going to draw some attention to it. You know, there are so many other players that over the years, high-level players, great players, that have been injured in the NFL, and when they are out, you do not hear from them, you do not see them. And I assumed that this was going to be the case in very silly fashion on my part, that Aaron Rodgers would not be heard from. I thought he'd be back in the building with the Jets, doing his part to help out, and I'm sure he is, but... He'd be somebody that you wouldn't see walking in and out of the building. He'd be at a back entrance. It'd be one of those things where, hey, when he's back, he's back. So you can't sit here and talk to us about 
how you are working on this incredible medical program and newer innovative surgery and can we push this beyond the normal protocols and then tell everybody at the same time to then dial back what their expectations are you can't go out on the field before the game knowing full well that every broadcast camera is going to be taping you for the game and showing this and how soon can he get back and then tell us once again everybody just settle down everybody just settle down i've i I, the power of the mind is going to get me back and my goal is to play again this year but everybody just settle down aaron Rodgers is out here getting all of this attention because other people have been getting attention and it drives him up the wall. The fact that Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift and has become the big story of the NFL all season long is driving him nuts. So what does he do? He calls him Mr. Pfizer and then he says, hey, let's debate about vaccines with Travis Kelsey so that he can get a piece of that shine. A piece of that shine that's going on. And what does he do? He makes a headline out of that. Of course. Of course. Dude, just when you're ready, show up. That's it. I respect that Pat has on all the time and that it's obviously been a very good situation for both sides of that. I, I respect all of that. What I What I can't take is when you sit here and act like Everybody else, they're the ones who are being silly about this. Come on. What I can't take are the microphone bumps. Good God, son. How many times are you going to bump into that microphone as you're talking during that rant? Sorry. You hit that thing. Evan, how many times did he hit that thing? 35, 40 times during that rant? So much uh, that it's in concussion protocol. Yeah. (laughs) Just boom, boom, boom. So I I didn't even realize that. The passion is clearly there. The passion is clearly there. Um, what do you think drives it? What do you think drives this from him? This a need, need to, to play into what your this this need for attention, like didn't get enough attention when he was younger, you're thinking. So now all of a sudden it's got to be all about him. Like, where are we at psychologically here? I think my theory is is pretty simple without a deep dive. I think he understands that, you know, like everyone does, your shelf life in the NFL is only going to go to a certain point, and then you're going to need a post career post NFL career and I think he's not one of those guys that's going to ride off into the sunset play golf privately and we hear from him every couple years I think he's going to want to do something along the lines of what Pat McAfee's doing or or something else something of more than just sports right like he wanted to host Jeopardy he obviously has an interest in a lot of things that take place around the world I don't know if he would be angling for something on a CNN or a Fox News or something like that. I have no idea. But he feels like a guy who's very much starting to stretch his sea legs out from a media perspective, getting himself ready so that in a couple years, when he launches whatever it is he's going to launch, he's already built up a base. He's already got people kind of figuring out what he's about. He's already got people interested in him, and he's ready to hit the ground running. That's what it feels like to me is that as his career keeps approaching the finish line, continues to approach the finish line, he's getting ready to set up the next career with all this. Yeah, listen, that could be. I actually thought he was excellent as a host of Jeopardy. I thought it was great. I think he'd be amazing at that. I don't care if he wants to talk about politics or any of that other stuff. I'm sure that however he positions his next career, it's going to be in a way that is to make sure that everybody knows that he is smarter than us in the way that he is doing it. Because that seems to be 
the the primary thing here. The I don't know. I'm not going to try to speculate where the need for the attention comes from. I have a need for attention. I get it completely. But I'm never going to deny it. I, I think with Aaron, it's one of those things that he just wants to show the world how smart he is. And he wants to make sure you're paying attention to every single little thing that he does. And when he gets injured, it's a lot harder for that to happen unless you just keep doing every single interview and you go out on the field and you make sure that I don't even have a problem with him being on the headset on the sideline. As long as he's not going to get hurt. I don't you're trying to help your team win. I'm good with that. Throwing the ball before the game, you knew what was going to happen. Don't pretend that you didn't. And and he doesn't. Don't but don't knock everybody else for paying so much attention to you when it's exactly what you want. If you were a Jets fan, would you like all this? If I were a Jet fan, this is the thing. His need for attention is preying on a downtrodden fan base that is clinging for anything right now. And that's why I think you're seeing Greeny get suckered in. And he's flopping around the boat right now saying, Aaron's coming back. We're winning the whole thing. Like, that to me is dangerous. Like, here's the other problem, too. It takes away the attention from what the team is doing right now, it's nothing short of miraculous that they are three and three right now. And we don't listen. We don't know how good they are. We don't know. I think there's a path for them to get to the playoffs. If the Jets got to the playoffs this season with Zach Wilson and not Aaron Rodgers, that's one of the the great coaching jobs and one of the all time great achievements for that franchise. It Without really a shadow is. of a doubt, if they yeah. if they. If they go Zach Wilson through week 18 and find themselves in the postseason, an all-time upset based on what everyone was saying prior to the start of the year and then immediately in the aftermath of the Rodgers injury Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. Per ESPN Stats and Info, 13 microphone bumps in that ramp. That's that not ramp. even close. I know that, that, I know that we're, we're joking around with that. Uh, if I were ESPN Sats and Info, I'd be very upset that my name was tied to that. It was way more than 13. Call I didn't start counting till the end, and I got like eight in the final 30 seconds. So It was like a rhino. It was just a rhino banging into everything. You guys want to listen? I honestly, I did not know the entire time that that was happening. I didn't even know I was touching it. Well, yeah, I mean, no one's going to get in front of the rhino when he's angry, so well, no one was going to say anything. The rhino is, is somewhat reasonable. Hey, Rhino, stop hitting the microphone. Oh, okay. (laughs) Let me reset. Let me press the reset button. There's a handful of animals out in the jungle that I'm not at all interested in trying to do anything with. Okay, Rhino is near the top. I'm not a rhino. I'm a dumb tree sloth. (laughs) Okay? You Uh, know that. You can stop me. I don't know. I've seen tree sloths. They're quite agile. Maybe, (laughs) Maybe a hippo, but those things can move pretty quick. A hippo cannot move all that quick. Hungry, hungry hippos. They can move quick in the water. Really? Can I, I outrun I think, a hippo? I think the manatee is what works best for you. Because you're lovable, too, like a manatee. Right. And let's be honest. If a boat was coming, would you be able to get out of the way? Maybe probably more. Not. Uh, probably not. But maybe uh, I'd like to think of myself more as a fat seal than a manatee. Because <laughs> a fat seal is going to waddle over to you and, uh, you know, bug you for a snack. If he's just like flop up on the rock and be sleep friendly. in the sun for 10 hours. But he's going to be really friendly in the way he does it. Right? That is true. Yeah, that, gonna, that's, that's, that's not bad. I'll allow that. They're going to have those cute whiskers. Like the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
Evan, do we want to hear any of that where I'm smacking the microphone or not? Yeah, we can. We can take a little listen. Here's like 15 seconds. I think there's maybe five microphone bumps in this. From an, a radio etiquette standpoint, the only thing missing is him just eating lunch while he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> is it lunchtime? We're, we're, we're right around there. I'm starting to get there. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. versus Joe on ESPN Radio. You hit that thing. Evan, how many times did he hit that thing? 35, 40 times during that rant? So much uh, that it's in concussion protocol. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> concussion protocol. <laughs> Too busy focused on me smacking the microphone than to point out that Evan's... <laughs> to Evan's credit, though, he's the one that brought it up. I think we need to keep that clip, don't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's only fair. They grab all the clips of us that are, shall we say, not exactly flattering. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen. I, someone I, knows uh, that it's in concussion protocol. There you go. Boom. That's someone who's going to claim he was speaking the English language right there. That was not the English language. <laughs> what were you trying to do at the beginning of this? I think I was trying to say so much so that it's in conccussion protocol. But, yeah, I'm not a professional host by all means, and that's what yeah, it sounds like. How old are you? Thirty, Almost 39. Okay, so you had 38 years of talking experience? Uh, I was behind. You don't need to be a professional was, host to construct a sentence. I, I was behind, so maybe 34 years. <laughs> you didn't talk until you were four? Haven't stopped. <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, it is once again time for a little bit of a pool party right here on Carlin versus Joe. As I search for the clip to introduce the pool party. Carlin in the his house. Put on those floaties and grab a mop. 
margarita. It's a Carlin versus Joe Pool Party. Not enough O's and smooth. We have part two of our pool party today. Had one earlier. Joe, you have got an outstanding list of pool parties that we can file through and make decisions on. So please, the floor is yours. All right, pool number one, you have the following three options. Who will have the number one seed in the NFC this year? Option number one, the Detroit Lions. Option number two, the San Francisco 49ers. Option number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number one seed, I am going to ride with Philadelphia. Uh, Their schedule is not easy by any stretch. Uh, And I get that when they lost to the Jets this past week, it once again emphasized that they have not played their best football as of yet. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'll simply say this. I still believe they're the most complete team in the NFC right now, and they will find their way to that number one seed. Many would view the Lions as the third best of these three teams, and many would likely be right given the current information we have at our disposal. But keep in mind, only the Atlanta Falcons have an easier schedule the rest of the way than the Detroit Lions. They are set up extremely well to challenge for a one or two seed here. It doesn't mean if they're a one seed, they're the best team in the NFC. It just means that they won enough games to grab the one seed. I will take the San Francisco 49ers because they're a blend of both. Philadelphia has the hard schedule. Detroit has the easy schedule. San Francisco's right in the middle. But San Francisco's a better football team than Detroit, in my opinion. I love what Kyle Shanahan's done. I can shake off the loss at Cleveland. The Niners, I believe, will be the number one seed in the NFC. Pool party number two. To college football we go. Which Associated Press top four team will not make the college football playoffs? So I'm going to give you the teams that are in the top four of the AP poll right now. You tell me which one will miss the playoffs, if any. Number one, the Georgia Bulldogs. Number two, the Michigan Wolverines. Number three, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Number four, the Florida State Seminoles. I'm going to go the Ohio State Buckeyes. I don't think they're quite as good this year as they have been in years past. They've got Penn State this week. And then they've got Michigan, obviously, again, uh, to close out the regular season. Uh, That game is at Michigan. I I honestly believe that this is not the year for Ohio State to make it to the college football playoff. You look at Florida State, I mean, their path is just entirely too easy. They've got Duke this week. They get past that, they're good. They've got uh, Florida late in the year. That game can be feisty because it's an in-state rivalry, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. The ACC championship game could be against North Carolina, who's also undefeated. Keep that in mind. I agree with you. It's the Buckeyes. They were originally a seven-point favorite over Penn State. That number's all the way down to four. Now, that seven was a couple weeks ago, but it opened five and a half this week, and it continues to trickle down. On top of that, to your point, I don't see them beating Michigan, and if you don't beat Michigan, I think you're going to be left out. One fun fact, Michigan is currently the favorite to win the national championship. They have moved ahead of the Georgia Bulldogs. It's tight, but keep that in mind. Pool party number three. Of the following four AFC teams who have a 3-3 and record, which is most likely to make the playoffs? So... The three and three teams in the AFC most likely to make the playoffs. Number one, the Cincinnati Bengals. Number two, the Jets of New York. Number three, the Colts of Indianapolis. Number four, the Texans of Houston. Well, that's that's interesting. And if I was going to go off the board here, 
um, in terms of you know the the team that you would think wouldn't make the playoffs this year uh, when we started the season you would say well the Houston Texans are definitely not making the playoffs I'm still going to ride with the New York Jets and the reason I say that is that their schedule lays out as such that I can make a compelling case for them to get to 10 wins without really breaking a sweat but when I look at Houston they still have some some games like Carolina and Tampa Bay and Arizona. Uh, I mean, they got Tennessee twice. They got Indianapolis. Like, their schedule is not killer either. I will, though, side with the Jets slightly over the Houston Texans. Love what Houston is doing. Love what Houston's doing. I like the track. I love C.J. Stroud. I think it's a bit too soon to think about them in the playoff race because they have donked off a few games that a playoff team would win. But that's okay. They're moving in the right direction, and that's all the city and the organization can ask for. I'll take Cincinnati here. It hasn't looked pretty, but they're finding ways to get it done the last couple weeks. They're jockeying themselves right into position. Burrow's going to continue to get healthier. They make their push late in the year. They find their way in as a wild card. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, thus concluding this installment of Carlin versus Joe's Pool Party. It's really, it's really disappointing when I played the clip of Evan right there. It wasn't working. That's disappointing to me. I figured you were trying to get something going there. Yeah, no, I, I, I try not to plan for dead air. So much uh, that it's in concussion protocol. There you go. And now, really, the whole bit's just dead. You know what, Ham, you know what Ham Man did? did Ham, we should start calling Ham Man the murderer because he's killing us. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Fat and sassy and spoiled. That's right. That's right. At least we know we are that. Joe, the biggest home field in all of sports continues. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Drilled right field. Going back is Carroll at the wall, and it's gone! Over the high wall and right, Nick Castellanos is red hot. Ground ball to third. To stop at second one, out the first two, and that's the ball game. Five, four, three, a game-ending double play, and Kimbrough closes it out. The Phillies take game one. We're only worried about trying to get a win right now and trying to get the ultimate goal. You know, it's a good, 
World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You just heard Boog Shambi. He is joined by the great Doug Glanville, who joins us right now on the ESPN Radio broadcast of the National League Championship Series. And you will hear them later on this evening when the Phillies and the Diamondbacks go in Game 2. It's Merrill Kelly against Aaron Nola. Doug Glanville, ESPN baseball analyst, joins us right now. Doug, it's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate a few minutes, and let's just start here. You spent the majority of your career in Philadelphia. What has happened here the last couple of years that has made this atmosphere so electric and on another level, I think, than we've seen in other places in baseball recently? Uh, Bryce Harper happened. (laughs) You know, you can start there. I mean, um, you know, it's it's the star power. And uh, we had a chance to talk to the GM of the – Diamondbacks, Mike Hazen, and one thing he mentioned about Dave Dombrowski is his ability to leverage star power. Um, you know, look at his teams over the times he's built teams, and you know, you think of Miguel Cabrera, and you think of you know Max Scherzer, and all these phenomenal talents, but they're talents and also stars, and uh, that brings a certain electricity. Um, and and Harper has just done nothing but but back it up. I mean, he's just elevated his game, which was already at the highest level. And, uh, you know, he's embraced Philadelphia and he's turned sort of a reputation of, you know, the hardcoreness into something that's like a necessity, right? It's a, it's a way of life. And uh, as he says, he's like, I love the idea of if you're not wearing our team colors, you're the enemy. Um, and that's how he sort of approaches it. So, you know, I think those, those collisions of Philadelphia sports sensibility and having star players that are delivering, um, you know, a second time, you know, you look at Jimmy Rollins in that era. Uh, this is something that's celebrated a lot in Philadelphia. Doug, Harper and Nick Castellanos are just scorching hot right now. I mean, they're, they're at the point where they're making it look easy. Like a guy like me <laughs> thinks hitting a curveball is easy because of what they're doing. What, what, what's, what's driving this? I mean, they're great players, no doubt, but to have this kind of success and to sustain it this long at the highest level, what's driving that? Well, I mean, you know, they're just you know great hitters. I mean, you know, we talked to Kevin Long, the Phillies hitting coach, and, and Kevin was saying that, you know, I asked him, like, well, what was it like when you first sort of, you know, saw Bryce Harper? And he just noted, like, the violence of the swing, but the combination with, you know, accuracy and precision. You know, it's just a rare combination where you could swing that hard, come out of your spine, and still, you know, have a good eye at the plate and hit the ball that you're supposed to hit, right? You can hit anything. Uh, so there's, a, you know, an exceptional talent there and also that drive. And you look at Castellanos and, you know, just remember years of, you know, Detroit and Chicago, his ability to hit the ball in the zone when he's right is, is like unprecedented. He can hit any fastball at any velocity. And, uh, and he's really adjusted his game to be able to use the whole field, uh, improved his defense. And he's a guy that just works to get better. And, uh, and the stage is important to them. You know, they just shine. And, and there's, you know, some guys just do that. You know, they, they get to the postseason and, and they get into a certain kind of zone that, like you said, not that easy. I don't care who you are. You know, hit five home runs in three games. and <laughs> I mean, you know, these are really difficult feats, especially against some of the best pitchers in the game who uh, have their own resume. 
Doug Glanville, ESPN baseball analyst, joining us. You'll hear him later with Boog Shambi on the call right here at ESPN Radio. It's Game 2, NLCS, Diamondbacks and Phillies tonight. Our coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Doug, um, when you look at Aaron Nola, what's on the line for him tonight against the Diamondbacks? Well, he's trying to kind of regain a certain status that, you know, he's earned and has as a, as a the guy who will go out there and give you innings. Uh, he had a bumpy season, you know, a lot of home runs, you know, sort of the big inning got him a few times this year. But overall, he's still the guy that gives you the innings. He goes deep into games. And even when he's not as his, at his best, he's going to get you to that bullpen uh, in a way that sets him up well to be successful. Uh, so what's on the line for him is just keeping the big inning from happening, you know, just getting in there. Uh, last year, you know, the Padres got him in San Diego in the NLCS. And, you know, this year he's just trying to adjust off that. But he had, he's had a you know, good postseason, pitched really well against the Braves, uh, pitched well early in the wild card. So he's on the right track. His last, you know, month of starts have been really more the Aaron Nola we think of as the ace. Flipping to the American League, Astros find themselves in an 0-2 hole against a Texas team that has yet to lose this postseason. I mean, we know they're in trouble, Doug, but how much trouble is Houston in right now? I don't think they're completely done because they had a pretty rough year at home for, for whatever reason this season. They they just had a bad year at home, and uh, it was unusual considering how great they had been over the decade. Uh, but this year, they they just struggled. But they're a good road team. And and if you're a good road team, you know you can do some things right to to right the ship. Even though you're going to Texas, uh, Texas is a, a ballpark that you know can play fast, and you know they have guys like Alvarez who are still you know locked in. They still have some great hitters. Uh, you know their pitching is what's been banged up. They're just not only are they missing guys, but they're also just not at their best, like Valdez, and 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 that's that's their struggle. And if you look at some of the division winners. The, the Dodgers, uh, the Braves, their rotations, their starting rotations, were they had a lot of holes in it because of injuries, um, and and more so than the Dodgers. Oh my goodness, they had four out of five guys go down, uh, so that's their problem. Uh, but the the Rangers are a incredible offensive team. They they do have a weakness in the bullpen, and Leclerc has pitched every single game, <laughs> every single game. So that that's uh, that's hard to sustain. And, you know, and when you get into a tired bullpen and all of a sudden you don't have a good start, you know, Sirs or whoever doesn't quite get deep, that starts to ripple because now you have three games in a row where if your bullpen is short, it could turn one loss into two. Doug, what's fair to expect from Max Scherzer in game three? Well, it's fair to expect him to just, you know, want to, like, eat the leather off the baseball. I mean, he's just a competitor. <laughs> so, you know, he's still going to give you that. He's still going to give you the intangibles of what he does in a locker room to get guys fired up and focused and the work ethic. Um, that alone is going to be an asset to, to the Rangers. And, you know, he's going to come out on the attack. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, had flashes of his of his greatness uh, in recent times this year, but injuries have plagued him. And he's just older, so it's hard to do it like repeatedly over a long season. But if you find that Max Scherzer in a bottle, that that guy who can, you know, have that big start, then you're you know then you're going to get a pitcher that's going to give you a great chance to win on any given night. And uh, but it's just about health with him, and, and you'll know early on, like you know, is he finishing on the fastball? Does he have the pop? The Rangers will absolutely know that early. 
and they'll see how far they can weather it, and you know maybe he sets them up well to get a W. Doug, great stuff. Looking forward to it tonight. You and Boog with the call right here on ESPN Radio. Game two, Phillies and Diamondbacks. Thanks again. All right. My pleasure. Thank you. Doug, Bland- Doug Glanville, ESPN baseball analyst. Carlin versus Joe. I almost said Doug Blanville, ESPN baseball analyst. So You're having a day. I'll I tell really you that am. much. You All are having a day. Smack the microphone while I'm doing it, and we are really on top of our game. This is one of those performances where you take the entirety of it and you send it right to one of those fancy universities that trains broadcasters and you say, listen to these three hours. Don't ever do any of this stuff. You'll have a hell of a career. (laughs) I thought you were going to say this is you know what this is for me. Kind of a burn the tape kind of day. (laughs) (laughs) We're not even watching the tape. We're on the Cincinnati. I I mean, I didn't give up 70. But you know, no, 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 no. It's no, I, it's nothing like that. Come on, no, no, no. no. But I, but I didn't shut anybody out either. Uh, Carla, <laughs> Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius <laughs> XM, Channel Eighty. Jerry Jones says Dak Prescott did something yesterday that he hasn't done all year. You'll hear it next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Emmett Smith, would you give Dak Prescott that contract? At this point, I probably wouldn't. I think there are other positions on the football field that we need to have. Prescott is in the gun. Back on his right. He's still running up the middle. Touchdown. What a great fake. And an 18-yard run up the middle by Dak Prescott. Prescott left side of the end zone. Brandon Cubs caught it. Touchdown. Offensively, we don't have the chemistry that's required. We're not matching what our defense is doing. I do have to hand it to him. That was an amazing fake by Prescott last night on the touchdown run. Oh, yeah. That was top-notch. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. One in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced. Needs to be replaced. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts test your battery for free. They can also help you find the right superstar battery for your vehicle. Learn more at O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Earlier, Jerry Jones doing his weekly hit on 105.3 The Fan down in Dallas, the Cowboys owner, asked if, in fact, last night's performance was Dak's best game of the year. I can't say enough about uh, uh, how he... Uh, how he just played football out there as uh, uh, he certainly was able to get plays made that uh, that were critical a long time against a really good team and a defense that was playing, you know, playing really competitively in the uh, in the Chargers. So, bottom line is, I thought it was Dak's best game of the year. Your thoughts? I thought he played well. And I hate the fact that I have found myself siding with Cowboys fans today because as an Eagle fan, that feels blasphemous, but he was relatively solid. He was efficient. He completed a lot of his passes. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, He ran the ball well when they needed him to. Ultimately, he played well enough to win that game, which is what they needed last night. You know, the Chargers... They had two weeks to get ready for this game. They're at home. They had won two in a row. That's a game the Chargers have to win. Like, situationally, you're not going to get a better spot. Your opponent's off a loss to the Niners. It's their third road game in four weeks. It's their second road game in as many weeks. They're not that great to begin with. You should be good enough. Like, ultimately... The Chargers should have won that game. So for the Niners, or for the Cowboys, excuse me, to overcome all of that and for Prescott to play well enough in that spot, I think they deserve credit. They handled their business. We'd be killing them if they lost that game. Oh, absolutely. So we, I'm not saying we have to give them their flowers, but they, they did what they needed to do to get the job done last night. I didn't come out of the game feeling any better and perhaps a little bit worse about them overall. I do have to give credit where credit is due. They were in a tough situation to go back on the road, as you have talked about so much, after facing the 49ers last week and all the physicality that's involved there. And to beat a team that, listen, it's not what Jerry Jones is saying. That was not a high-level defense or a defense that was playing particularly well. They're decent against the run. They're awful against the pass. They're awful against the pass. So let's not make it out to be more than it was. They went, they won a game that... You can't say they absolutely should have won. They won a game that they needed to go and win on the road. Having said that, I walk out of the game feeling really no different about them. I, I, I do watch the Cowboys each and every week, Joe, and I, I try to decipher what the confidence level is from the head coach into the quarterback. And each week... I don't know if this is going to make sense. It becomes tougher and tougher for me to tell. Like, I'm looking for clarity, and it keeps getting cloudier. (laughs) Because, all right, does the coach trust him to make a play when he needs to? End of the first half. He lets the clock run down to three seconds and kick a field goal when he had an extra timeout where he could have taken one shot in the end zone. Did he not do that? Because he wanted to make sure that he ended the half with points and that maybe he didn't trust Dak to not throw an interception in the end zone. I, it, it, it does nothing but make it murkier and murkier for me. McCarthy is very conservative in his approach, and there's nothing you know original about that statement. I think people know that, and they've watched that for years. He's like the poker player who's going to sit at the table just waiting for pocket queens. Like He's yeah. not, not going to get involved – 
on the button, Jack nine offsuit because he wants to see a hand and wants to make people think. Like he's going to sit there and he's going to play tight. And we've seen that with his decision making throughout the years. He manages a game to not get fired. He manages a game to not lose. He's not a risk taker. So in those situations, he's looking at that saying, I just, he's so happy to have the opportunity for the field goal. He never really thinks to himself, I could go for the touchdown. Like I could get more here. There's an opportunity. I got a couple timeouts. I have this much time left. I should be able to get this many plays off. If we call this, we might have a shot at it. And if it doesn't work, we settle for the field goal. He's not thinking all that through. He's just trying to survive. And that's where the Dallas Cowboys will ultimately come up flat. Because you need some level of risk in order to take it to the highest level and be a champion. Think about Philly Special. All the risk Philadelphia put into that Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. Think about Sean Payton opening the second half going with an onside kick against Peyton Manning and the Colts. You need to have some risk. You need to take some shots. You need to have a little riverboat gambler in you. And McCarthy's not really that guy. So he was able to let Brandon Staley manage himself out of the game last night. But when you go against Kyle Shanahan and Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid and guys of that level, that type of approach is never going to work because they know it's coming. So they understand exactly how you're going to manage, and that gives them a leg up in terms of how they're going to manage. It's funny. We keep talking about Mike McCarthy and – the mishandling of game situations. But I wonder if that conservatism, so to speak, is going to be more detrimental to them long term. Let me illustrate a point here with that. When I look at Dak Prescott this year, we all knew that coming in, McCarthy wanted to emphasize running the football more. Dak this year, his numbers across the board, Passing yards, he's 13th in the league. 13th. Yep. Attempts, he's 16th. In touchdown passes and yards per game, he's 18th. So there really has been that de-emphasis on the quarterback this season. There really has been, especially when you see the number of 16th in pass attempts. But then you would think if that's the case, you'd be a top five rushing team. They're not. They're ninth in the league in rushing. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. I don't know if McCarthy knows what they are. But what I do really start to wonder is, is it going to be, and and it's unfortunate that I can't give him the benefit of the doubt here, but is it going to be his game management issues that he continues to have? Or is it going to be his conservatism that is going to, cost them ultimately because I do feel like one of the two is going to yeah and I mean ultimately they're they're not there's also a third element to it which we saw at the beginning of the San Francisco game where his team could be woefully underprepared I mean they walked into that San Francisco game they had they they weren't ready for that game they weren't ready emotionally they weren't ready schematically there was nothing about that game that they were ready to play and the results showed because they got their their teeth kicked in in that game. So the conservative approach will eventually catch you because you're at some point, like in the movie Tin Cup, you're going to need to go for it. You're yep. going to need to make a play at it. Just like on the other side, every now and again, Brandon Staley, take the damn points. It's a low-scoring game. Understand your situation and adapt accordingly. Not every, not every situation is a nail with you carrying a hammer. Sometimes there's nuance, and that's what some of these guys forget. you got to be adaptable like a chameleon. You're going to lay up, you're going for the green. It depends on the situation. I, I, I'm not going to just be blanketed statement to that. The wind's in my face, I'm laying up. No, come on, have some guts. 
Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and on Sirius XM channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.